Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm so excited that you are listening in to season four, where each month we've been talking with a different co-host with a unique faith story. Uh, Each month, my special co-host has shared her experience with Christianity and also been asking some questions concerning God and faith. And then throughout the month, we're inviting guests to uh, share their stories and also address some of my co-host's honest questions. And that's the format, and I've been loving that. But this month, it's December, and so we're going to do something special. And before I share about that, once again, I just want to say thank you to those of you who are investing in this podcast through Patreon. Colleen, I want to shout out to you today for supporting what we're doing here. And friend, if you are listening to this and you are interested in finding out more about how you can help keep this podcast on the air, Get some custom merch like cute stickers and hear a bonus episode each month where we wrap up things with my monthly co-host. You can learn more about becoming a Patreon supporter by checking out our website at findingsomethingreal.com and click support at the top of the page. But today, the special thing that I was alluding to earlier is we're inviting back some special co-hosts from throughout 2021, and I've invited them back to come back for additional conversations uh, maybe some things that we didn't discuss, or maybe recapping some things that we we already did discuss each month, um, but with different guests. And so today, I'm really excited that we are back with this September's special co-host, Ruby from Taiwan. Ruby, welcome back. Hi, I'm here. Thank you again for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Oh, Ruby... I, we didn't scare you away. We didn't scare you away after all those conversations we had back in September, huh? No, I guess not. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> we are recording this in September, so she didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> Is that right, Ruby? <laughs> yeah, she's nodding her head, yes. <laughs> so, Ruby, I, I know we probably will talk about this in our final wrap-up episode that airs in September for Patreon, but... It was so funny because when one of my good friends listened to our very first conversation, so your intro episode from September, she texted me and said, oh my gosh, this episode. And then she was sent like laughing emojis because she was quoting something I said to you, which was, "Um, you're here now, Ruby, you care, you care. And uh, she thought that was so funny that we had that kind of relationship where I would force you (laughs) to carry and try. Oh, Yeah, Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was funny to her. So anyway, uh, it was funny to me a little bit. Um, And I just want to say thank you for coming back and uh, continuing to be here. I appreciate you and love you. So so today we are back with a special guest. So I want to give a shout out to my friend Sonia Amin, uh, because she recommended a friend of hers to be here today. And um, I'm just going to read his bio here. Uh, Reverend David Abraham is a speaker, a ministry consultant, the catalyst behind Now Campus Outreaches, and co-founder of Revive. David's life has been forever changed by an encounter with Jesus. And as a result, David loves introducing people 
to an encounter with Jesus and teaching people to live in the awareness that they are deeply loved by God. David and his wife, Rebecca, have ministered to thousands of people around the world and were listed among Charisma Magazine's Rising Voices under 40. David and Rebecca are the parents of four beautiful children and reside in the great state of Florida. David, welcome to the Finding Something Real podcast. Hey, so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is awesome. And how do you know Sonia? Just real quick. Oh, childhood friends. You know, I don't remember exactly how we met. Like our, my parents and her parents are friends. And like, I just remember like going and hanging out with them like, when I was like 12. Uh, and since then, you know, we've just been friends over the years. And uh, and so that's that's pretty much how, how it's been. So, yeah. yeah. Well, she's incredible. I know she's going to be listening to this podcast, but I've known, I've known Sonia for a couple of years now. We've been in uh, a little writer's group together and oh, wow. um, she and the other women that are in that group are just really, really special. And so uh, we continue to meet and yeah, she's a kindred spirit. So thank you, Sonia, yeah. if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so David, tell us about Revive. What is Revive? Yes, yeah, so Revive is a ministry that me and my wife started, and uh, it's basically our heart to just uh, to share Jesus with people. Uh, it's it's our ministry basically where we love to go to uh, not just church people because like you know church people are like we're, you know we want to preach the choir necessarily, but we love to uh, share our faith and just talk about Jesus. You know, uh, not really just like okay, like come to church, that's cool. Uh, but we I realize right now that a lot of people aren't necessarily going to come to church, but we have to bring God encounters to them wherever they are. And so that's that's really the whole heart of Revive. Uh, it's to uh, bring fresh God encounters to people. Uh, right now, uh, they say that millennials and Generation Z are the most unchurched generation America has ever seen. And so uh, instead of saying to, uh, with great with our marketing schemes, and I don't say schemes, I mean, that sounds so bad, uh, with, our, with our marketing uh, and our cool, uh, flyers or whatever, instead of trying to use those to bring people to church, uh, our whole heart is let's go to where people are. Let's go on the campuses. Let's go wherever they are. And let's just love on people. Let's just share Jesus with people and uh, bring Jesus to them, if that makes sense. And hopefully that doesn't sound hokey, but uh, that's whole, the whole concept. Uh, I just believe that we're living in a day that uh, inviting people to church may not be enough. I think we should continue to do that. But um, maybe the banker who doesn't come to church will be impacted by the banker who loves Jesus next to them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever listen to the provoke and inspire podcast by any chance? I, uh, who, who runs that podcast? Oh my gosh. Um, there it's a ministry. Um, and it's a bunch of guys that talk all the time on there. Um, and they're out of Germany, but the guys that do it are out of America. Most of them. Anyway, I can't remember off the top of my head, but anyway, I love listening to it. Because Whoa. their passion is the same as what you just shared. That's my passion as well. I just, I love that. Um, awesome. It's fantastic. I'll have to yeah, put that. Yeah. I'm not familiar with it, but I'll check that out. I'll, I'll just share that to you, uh, with okay. you. I'll also link it in the show notes. But um, so, David, where does that passion come from for you? That's a great question. You know, for me, uh, I grew up uh, in a church family. Like, I grew up in the church. My dad's a pastor, my grandfather was a pastor, my great grandfather planted churches in North India and Pakistan. I say like this, I'm pretty sure my first word was church. Uh, so <laughs> growing up in the church, uh, you know, I, I knew how to play church, if that makes sense. I knew the right things to say uh, to make people, you know, as a teenager, think like, hey, I was a good Christian boy. You know, I went to college and I just I just told God, I said, God, give me my four years. I'll give you my life after that. I just wanted to like do the college thing. Um, and in a unique way, uh, God had a different plan for my life. And I had, I I call it a unique God encounter where my life was just never the same. Uh, And since then, I just realized that, you know what, Uh, for me, I was at that point where I wanted, I was uh, depressed and I wanted to commit suicide. And I just thought like, you know, I didn't want to live. Um, And Jesus met me in such a unique way. Uh, From that point, I just realized, you know what, I'm probably not the only person that has gone through that. I'm probably not the only person that feels like, what does life mean? You know, what is this all that life is? You know, after you get everything you want and you think that um, partying and doing everything would be the thing that fulfills you and you realize you're more emptier than you were before. Um, and for me, again, when I found that peace through the Lord, uh, 
and I changed my life forever. And I just realized that there's probably a lot more people that are looking for that. I, I think it's uh, commonly called a God-shaped hole that we have in our hearts. And until we meet the Lord or until we uh, know Jesus, and not just know him here, but encounter, know him in our heart. Um, until then, we're going to constantly search and look and look for something to fill that hole in our heart. So um, for me, it's just, you know what, what happened to me, I want to share that with others. That's, that's where that started. Yeah. Ruby, have any follow-up question to that? No. Okay. Ruby, feel free to ask anything. Like I, I say, like this. There's, I mean, I've heard it. So there's no, no such thing as dumb question. And so, like, I, and I ask dumb questions all the time. So, like, you know, just feel free to ask me anything. Um, I'm not. I, I, I'll do my best to like just you know, share whatever it is. So. Yeah. Well, I wanted to open the opportunity up for you, Ruby, but you don't have anything right now. Okay. 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 Um, so David, I know quite a few young women and, and young people in general who struggle with mental health issues and feeling down and depressed. Um, yeah. Also, some of them are Christians. Um, what kind of thing did you encounter with Christ that you now share with people who are struggling like that? Yeah, well, let me let me give you some context of the story for me, if that makes uh, to I know I'm kind of using some terms, uh, but let me give you like, let me just share my story with you. So uh, I when I was again, when I graduated uh, from high school, I, I went to a college the other side of the country uh, because I was like, you know, I want to just get away from home and everything. And it's really kind of like the prodigal son, except I didn't ask my dad for his for my inheritance early. I just went away. Um, and just did everything that I thought, like, that's what college people do. I partied, I hang out with my friends, I played basketball all the time. And I remember feeling, again, emptier and emptier and thinking, like, is this what life is about, you know? And so I remember leaving, um, I think it was my final, my <laughs> calculus final. And I just remember thinking, I completely, like, I just probably failed that test, you know, because I wasn't studying at the time. Um, and I, I walked out, I was in Philadelphia. I walked into a um, busy like intersection and the thought I had was uh, there was a bus driving by and I said in my head, if I run into the street right now and this bus hits me, who would come to the hospital to visit me? It's the most like, it's a, such a weird thing to ask, but I just felt so unloved in the moment. And as that happened, as that thought went through my head, I get a phone call and it's one of my, one of my closest friends and uh, he calls me and he's like, Hey, how did your final go? At the time, we were just friends. We wasn't one of my closest friends, but at the time, we were just friends. And he said, hey, how did your final go? And I said, man, I, I failed it. I'm pretty sure I failed it. And he said, don't worry about it. Um, in a few weeks, you'll be, you'll be back in Florida. You'll be on a beach. Things will be better. Let's go have breakfast. And I said, I don't have any money. He goes, I'll pay for you. And if there's one thing that gets college students to wherever it is that you want them to be, it's food. So I said, all right, I'll meet you there. And uh, I was a freshman. He was a senior. So we're having breakfast and he said, hey, David, why don't you just come to our, uh, and I'm talking about everything, everything that's going wrong in my life from my perception. And he says, why don't you just come to church on Sunday? Like come to our youth group, sorry, on Friday night. I said, man, I do not want to go to youth group. They're all hypocrites. I don't want to be at like another church thing. And he's like, I'll pay for dinner afterwards. And I said, all right, I'm there. <laughs> so I go to dinner. I mean, I go to church to this youth group and I don't know what it was. I'm sitting there. And, you know, the music's going on. I'm like, okay, I'm just sitting there. But, like, tears are coming down my face. And I'm not trying to have tears down my face. I'm just like, okay, you know, like, you know, maybe someone's cutting onions in this church. But, like, I'm, I'm in tears. I just, like, ignore it. And uh, I, I remember this guy who's speaking. And I don't remember anything he said except this one part. He, he quotes Jesus. He said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and it is in me that you will find rest for your soul. And I remember hearing that, and I was in tears. I mean, I, now I can't hold it back. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. You know, and I'm just shocked. And I'm like, this is what I need. I, I just knew this is what I need. I didn't hear any other part of the message, but that was what I needed. And so there was like an altar call, hey, like whoever, you know, you, you want to you know, get things right with Jesus. Maybe you've given your life to the Lord. Maybe you haven't. I, I went to that altar call and the guy starts praying for me. 
And I, I, at the time, I didn't, I, I just didn't have this concept that God speaks, you know, to people and he speaks through people and he's praying for me. And he's just like, you know, as he's praying, like everything that's kind of things that are happening in my life. I never met this guy before, by the way, never met him in my life. And he's praying things that I'm like, there's no way you would just say these phrases. Like, there's no way. And I'm like, I asked him, I said, how do you, why are you saying these things? And he goes, he goes, I believe that like the Holy Spirit is putting in my heart things to pray for. And I'm, so I'm sharing this with you. And I'm blown away because number one, I always thought God was way, way over like in the, the ends of the Milky Way universe. Like I always thought God was so far. But suddenly in this moment, God feels extremely close. And I mean, we know this in scripture. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. But I, I don't know if I had this like Greek mythology version of God, like what I thought that he was way over there and I'm way over here. And if I do enough wrong things, he's going to send a lightning bolt and kill me. But for whatever reason, he felt very near at this moment. And I'm in tears. And I just remember thinking, because again, I'm a pastor's kid. I've gone to so many conferences. I've gone to so many camps. I've gone to so many retreats. I've gone to so many youth services and church services. And I just told Jesus, I said, Lord, I've done this so many times. I've come to the altar. I'm getting things right with you. I can't fix my life. But if you can do anything with me, just, I'm going to, here it is. And for me, that's, it was that moment. It was the, it was three things. It was one that I realized that God's not far. Number two, that I couldn't, like, I gave up the aspect of trying to do. And I just said, if you can do it. Like, I'm reminded of the, uh, of the, um, there's a, there's a parable, or, oh, it's not a parable. Jesus is saying, uh, do you believe? And he goes, yes, Lord, but help my unbelief. And it was just like, Lord, help my, my mess, you know? And uh, the fact that I just felt like, you know, God was speaking into my life. Like, he was not, like, whoever whoever was praying for me uh it wasn't just god like it wasn't just a concept it was like i know that god sees what's happening in my life if that makes sense and so for me it wasn't any more of a story or like a thing that my parents taught me suddenly god was very real and very knowing of what was happening in my life and he cared and for me I, I, I kind of forget what the question exactly how it was phrased, but I'm hoping this gives a good understanding of kind of my story. Yeah. Um, for me, suddenly God wasn't a story. He wasn't just something my parents believed. He was very personal in that very moment. And that personal moment has grown from there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, the specifically, I, I was asking, um, just to get, get back to that, um, yeah about someone who's who's a Christian but struggling with depression because yeah. I think we're seeing that more and more in our culture. I know I'm seeing it more and more with people that I love. Yeah. Um, just this overwhelming sense of darkness coming in. Um, and you work with young people all the time. I'm sure you see it a lot. So yeah. what kind of encouragement could you give to someone who's struggling like that? I, I love what you just shared. I mean, I'm guessing it's along those lines, but feel free to add anything to that. Yeah, I'll tell you this. For me, um, that was a very dark time in my life because, uh, again, it was just, I should do this and let's see who goes to the hospital. Let's see who visits me in the hospital. You know, I, it was just such a very scary thought when I look back at that. Um, it, for me, at that moment, I realized that um, I felt peace. And here's, here's the unique thing. That night, I, you know, I, I was at that altar and I, get, you know, I just made my peace with the Lord in a sense, said, Lord, if you could do anything in my life, do it. The next morning, I remember waking up and I felt for the first time, if not the first time in a long time, but I would say the first time, I felt such peace in my heart. Now, mind you, I'm still failing calculus. <laughs> I'm still a broke college student. You know, I'm still having the other issues that are happening in my life. Yet in the middle of all of this, I felt such profound peace. And you're right, like there is an increasing aspect of depression that people are going through and uh, discouragement and anxiety. And um, I, you know, I, I don't know 
because uh, I, I know for different people, it's different things. Sometimes it can be a chemical imbalance. Sometimes it could be a history of these things. But I would say that I, I know this one, this one thing I do know is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And I know that sometimes anxiety is the aspect of I'm worried about things that I might not have control of. Like I've had to at some point just recognize I don't have control over everything in my life, but I do know the one who controls my life. And as long as I trust him, as long, because I, I've come to the point that I do recognize that Jesus is good, that we serve a good father. Like, you know, and he's not, I'm reminded of this verse, uh, the book of Romans. It says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now that verse is unique because it's not saying that everything is working together in a good way, but we know that all things, good and bad, work together for our good. You know, and as that verse goes, all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. As long as like, I know that I'm following him and I'm serving and I'm just letting him lead me. I'm going to trust that, you know what, in the good and in the bad, he's working things out in the background because I can't, I can't put my fingerprints on every aspect of my life, but I can trust that someone who's bigger and stronger, who loves me more than I love myself is working on my behalf. Um, and I wish I had a more clear cut answer to say, hey, this is how you deal with depression and suicide uh, or sorry, suicide. Like, I think that ties into heavy depression. I would say that first off, like, you know, letting the Lord touch you, like resting in him instead of trying to do. I, I think a lot of times when we think of God, when we think of religion, when we think of even Christianity, um, I think it's natural to think I have to do more to get right with God. I have to do more to make him happy. And the unique thing about walking with Jesus is he's not asking us to do, he's asking us to come, mm-hmm. like to come to him, to walk to him, to receive him. Um, we'll probably talk more about, um, more about this, but I love the story of the prodigal son, Luke, Luke 15, you know, uh, the fa- he, he came to the father thinking, I'm going to give this speech. I'm going to tell him how to work hard. And the Bible says the father hugged him and loved on him and received him. Um, so I would say if anyone's struggling with that, you know, I think at first it's just to, just to trust him, like recognize, do I really, am I trusting the Lord with every facet of my life? And if not, how can I do that? And ask the Lord, Lord, can you help me? Can you teach me? Can you show me areas of my life that I'm not trusting you? And then I think if people are struggling, I, I really do believe in like talking to counselors, talking to people who, uh, who specialize in mental health because I, I, I'm not an expert in this by any means, but I think sometimes people help us. Like for me, I am a South Asian. My parents are immigrants. So I'm, I'm the children of immigrants who never talked about our emotions. You know, like when me and my parents got into an argument, it wasn't, hey, let's talk about this. It was go to your room. And like they would scream and yell at me for like hours. And then two hours later, everything's fine. And I'm like, didn't we just have a big argument? And for them, like, we didn't talk about emotions or feelings. We didn't talk about what was bothering us. So um, for me now, I recognize the importance of having someone help me process emotions. So I sometimes think that if, if this is a long struggle, like it is helpful to talk to others, um, especially those who are specializing in that area. Ribby, I saw your eyes light up there at the end. I know you were thinking something. What did you have to say? <laughs> I, mean, I don't have any huge thoughts going through my mind, but I can like totally relate to the like to to the fight thing. Like, don't talk about emotions. You know, I just I, I, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's like that. So. Yeah. No, I can understand. I think it's it's common in Asian cultures. You know, my parents are Indian, and so like for us, it was. Um, you know, like, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, like my dad, like I, I know my dad loves me, but to this day, my dad has never said, I love you to me. And for years I struggled with that. It, it, it was hard for me. You know, it was one of these things that I'm like, my mom would, but my dad wouldn't. And so, um, and I don't know why I've come to realize that it's probably because he never heard that from his dad. And it was a cycle that perpetuated. Because in, in the Indian culture, these men, we don't talk about our emotions. You know, uh, like that's something that uh, even my wife will be like, why don't you open up and talk about these things? And I'm like, well, I'm trying, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's a struggle. And it's not because I don't want to, you know, I am being intentional now to tell my children, 
I love them. And to hug my boys and to hug my girls and to say, hey, I love you. I care about you. Um, and it's not because part of it is the fact that I'm trying to do what I didn't see my dad do with me. Again, I know my dad loves me. My dad will show his love through acts of service and through like gifts, you know. But um, I think there is something about, you know, being able to talk. See, you can really, I'm seeing you laugh <laughs> because you can relate to this. I, I would, I'm assuming you can relate to that. I mean, I, I mean, in my house, I only have two girls. So, yeah. I mean, we do, you know, I mean, more emotional compared. Because I know other households that they don't only have boys. And, then, you know, I heard that like tons. So, yeah. 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 Go ahead. I guess it's an idea. Yeah. So, Ruby, I was going to. No, that's. I was going to say what you told me when I told you we were having David Abraham on here. She was all excited, David, uh, because she's dating an Indian boy. Ooh. That's cool. Which I know very little about. So, Ruby, do you want to share a little bit about this young man? <laughs> I thought that's supposed to be like, uh, you know, a Christian conversation <laughs> other than... <laughs> some personal issues but yeah yeah so you wanted no, to know a little yeah. bit about indian culture so one thing that i wanted to ask david your dad obviously or was it your grandpa who was a pastor in india is that right so both the, my dad my dad planted a church in south florida he's still pastoring there my grandfather planted uh, a church in in north india and then he moved when he immigrated over here and he planted a church in philadelphia so, uh, and then my great grandfather planted churches uh, throughout North India and Pakistan. How did so? Uh, how did they become Christians? What is that story? Because when I think of India now, I'm I'm very ignorant. I'm not Asian. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I no, think of not, Hinduism. I think yeah. of a lot of other things. I don't necessarily think sure. of Christianity, except I yeah. do think of a story in the Bible where didn't one of the disciples, Thomas, didn't he go to India? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> History teaches us that Thomas, uh, when he, when the disciples went out to all the world, they fulfilled the Matthew 28. Thomas actually ended up in India. That's where he uh, was persecuted and he uh, was a martyr. But uh, still to the day, you know, his, his impact is why there are Christians in India, you know, uh, and, and especially in South India where my parents are from. So uh, with that said, uh, my great grandfather, the story is kind of fuzzy because I've asked around, but he was the first one to give his life to the Lord. And I think he was um, probably like maybe 17 or 18. And he was immediately kicked out of his home. His parents said like, you know, you're dead to us. Like they just left. They told him to leave. And so he left. Uh, and his whole his whole goal from that point was I want to live for Jesus. and I want to share Jesus to people. Like that was his whole thing from that point. He he just, you know, he he knew that it would probably cost him his life, and he still did it. You know, he still went about, um, and he's been persecuted. They've had people that tried to kill him, and I guess he's really fast, or he's really you know good at hide and seek, or God's protecting him. But um, he ended up not dying from persecution, but he just died uh, at old age, just sitting on a couch. Um, he just closed his eyes and he went to be with the Lord. So um, it's pretty amazing to kind of understand that. You know, his story that in spite of generations of either Hinduism or ancestral worship or something along those lines, um, he heard the gospel and responded, knowing that it would have cost him his life, knowing it would cost him everything. You know, he, he had to leave father, mother, siblings, everything uh, to say yes to Jesus. And he did, um, mm. which to me, I'm so thankful for. One of the conversations that Ruby and I kept on having during the month of September um, was that question of why is Jesus unique? Because Ruby, I mean, obviously we're we're still recording this in September, so I, I can't pretend that we're like months away from it. But one of the things that you shared in our first intro episode is uh, after your exploration of Christianity, you find it... Um, and, and tell me if I'm using the wrong word, offensive, uh, that Christianity claims to be the only way to God. Would that be fair to say? 
Yeah, I will. Yeah, that's the word that I would use. I mean, I, I think mean, I mentioned this on the last episode that you know I, I did grew up knowing God and I go to church from time to time. On the other side is that I do go to Buddhist churches, like that, like the temples too. So, you know, like I have, you know, different influences on in me in a spiritual way, you know. So I just found out that I, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't totally agree on the idea that people telling me they think God is the only way and it is the the best. Yeah. So, David, I was going to let you uh, respond to that if you feel yeah. feel free. No, I totally get that. Now, so uh, I want to try to ask these questions and just be like, I want to be very uh, understanding that we're all in process. You know, uh, I think um, like you're figuring things out. I'm still like, you know, figuring things out, you know, and I've, I've learned, you know, for me, uh, the more I walk with Jesus, the more I realize um, that, man, there's, there's a lot of, about Jesus I didn't know. Like, he's not angry. You know, like I always thought growing up that God was an angry God, that Jesus was angry. And he was just like, like, I had to do one more wrong thing to make him mad. And I would just like, something would happen to me, you know, like it was, it's funny because I believed in Jesus, but I had this, this mentality of like karma, you know, like I'm doing enough bad things, he's going to strike me down. Um, so my question to you, Ruby, is so like, tell me your experiences as far as I know you were saying that, okay, I don't believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven uh, or the only way to God or the only way to salvation. Um, so, so give me like in a synopsis, like what's your views on God as a whole? Don't feel the pressure of having to say like the right thing or like the polished thing or like, um, there's no, like, I'm sure, you know, there's no judgment in this conversation. So like, if you said the most offensive thing, yeah, yeah, you're not going to offend yeah. me. Like yeah. I've had people want to punch me in the face uh, just be, <laughs> because, you know, like either I offended them or they offended me or whatever. I'm sure I wanted to punch them in the face back. I didn't, but you know, like this, we're, we're all family here. So I just want you to know, like, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, we, we all know that there are, like, tons of other religions out there. I mean, I don't exactly know every each of them, you know, what they believe. and But I do think that, like, all religions eventually lead to the same end. Like, you know, I, I picture that there's this big trees in at the end of the life and everyone will be walking up the mountains and, you know, we'll, all meet up together at the end that that's my view so yeah that's what i think okay okay so for me um it's it's interesting for me like i said even though i grew up in the church um when i went to college like i didn't have a personal relationship with jesus like i didn't really adapt the uh the theology of my parents like i did but i didn't hear right i did hear but not hear and so uh it's funny because in the Bible, uh, you never, it, it, the Bible talks about the children of Israel, but you never see like the grandchildren of Israel. And so like, I, I've come to realize that God doesn't have a relationship with us through others or through our parents or through like, uh, or like just going to church. Like I've gone to church for, for many years of my life, but it didn't make me a Christian until I, until I knew Jesus. And so, uh, so let's, let's go back, let's backtrack a little bit. So like the aspect of all gods lead to one or, or like all gods lead to the top of the mountain. Um, have you ever, so you've been in the States, if I'm not mistaken, have you ever been to Florida by chance? Oh, you have? You've been to Florida? No, not really. No, no. Beautiful state. In my no, opinion, no, 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 no. It's, in my opinion, the best state in the in the, all the 50 states. Um, it's beautiful. We don't have to pay state income tax. Uh, we, we don't have snow. It's wonderful. With that said, um, there is a place. It's the southernmost part of Florida called Key West. And so there's like, it's a, a stretch of islands. And there's only, the unique thing is uh, to get to Key West, because me and my family, we just vacationed there. It's just such a great place. Uh, we vacationed there about two months ago. 
And to get there, you have to take US one. So like in Florida, there's like different highways, but to get to Key West, there's only one way to get there. And so, um, and this is a very surface level of like the thought process. But uh, if I told someone like, hey, to get to Key West, take 95 North or 95 South, it, it, it wouldn't get to Key West. If I say, hey, take, uh, we have another highway here called 408, take 408 and eventually just keep driving and you'll get there. Um, that also wouldn't take you to Key West. I'd have to be very specific. And so let's take another step backwards. Um, of all the religions, and you're like, I understand why you say like, I believe all religions lead to one because there's some common things. Okay, treat others as you want to be treated. Um, you know, be kind, whatnot, right? But Jesus was so unique because he gave, he promised something to people that no one else, he made certain claims that no other religion could make, no one else. And I understand why you say it's offensive because Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So when we think of heaven or when we think of the end of life, what happens after life, we think of salvation. Because what can we do to get to heaven? Um, in Islam, for example, um, how do you obtain paradise in Islam? You have to have good deeds to outweigh your bad deeds. You move towards paradise by performing what they call the five pillars. In Judaism, you, one can atone for the wrongs by changing the behavior, praying, and doing good deeds. In Hinduism, if you store up enough good karma, you will reunite with Brahman. Like this is how you'll achieve. And you have to sometimes in, in Hinduism, it's reincarnation. So if you don't do enough good things now, you'll, re, you'll come back another, in another life and you have another chance, another chance. And the more you build up this karma, you have a chance to be reunited with Brahman. In Buddhism, uh, you can enlighten and discipline yourself into nirvana by practicing the Eightfold Path. But here's the unique thing about Jesus. He, Jesus, he gives the story of, of salvation in the gospel. Um, and I mentioned this before, but in Luke 15, he talks about two sons. Uh, and he says, one son said to his father, Father, give me all my inheritance. I know you're alive. But right now, give me all the money that's due to me when you die. So basically, he's telling his dad, dad, you're dead to me. Give me the money that, is going to have, that you have for me, and I'm going to leave. And, I, and so what he did is he left, and he went and partied, and he went and the Bible says he spent all his money on riotous living. He spent it on, some people say, prostitutes and drugs and all that other stuff. But he just wasted all his money, and there came a point where he had no more money anymore. And so... He, the only way he could survive was he took a job feeding pigs and the economy of the land was so bad. The Bible says that he, he recognized like he could only eat by eating the food from these pigs. This is Luke 15, by the way. And so he says to himself, the servants in my father's home have it better than I do right now. Let me go back home to my father's home. Let me work and let me be a servant. And then maybe my father will accept me in his house again. So let me know if you have questions. I hope you're following me here. So this guy, he starts walking home. I guess he sold his car or his horses, whatever. He's walking home. He probably smells like the pigs that he was feeding. He, cause he's broke. He's probably, he probably looks terrible. And the Bible says that when the son was in a distance, the father looked out and saw his son. And instead of the son running back home to the father, the Bible says the father ran to the son. Now, I want you to imagine, because you're, you're of South Asian, Southeastern Asian culture. Imagine like one of your grandfathers or your, your, you know, maybe your father, depending on his age, running. Like I never saw my grandfather run because it's not something that people in our culture did. Like it's not, it's kind of like, it, it wasn't seen as something that was, it was seen as something beneath them to run outside in front of people. And in this culture, it's the same way. And the Bible says that while the father, while the son was seeing, while the father hugged him, the Bible says that the son rehearsed a speech and he was trying to say the speech. And while he was saying the speech, father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. Let me be a servant. The father interrupted the speech and says, hey, listen, let me give you the best robe in the house. Ruby, who has the best robe in the house? Who 
Who has the best robe in your house? Or your father's house or your family's home? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll cheat a little bit here. In my parents' my mom, home, like, maybe. Okay, your mom. Okay, that's good. My dad has the best robe in the house. Like typically, like my mom and my dad, right? It wasn't like someone else's. The father gives his robe. The father gives his ring. And in that time, the signet ring was like their house credit card. Imagine giving to the person who just spent all the money, like on the worst way possible, giving them an open credit card and saying, here, you've earned this. And the father says, we're going to have a party. What does this represent? In all other religions, you have to do enough things before you're right in God's eyes. In Christianity, and what Jesus said, what he says in the story is, it's not about what we do that makes us right before God, because we cannot pay that debt ourselves. There's nothing that we can do in our own power. You can do all the best things in the world, but before God's standard, we never will do enough to, to have our sins forgiven, which is why Jesus gave his life. It took a father to give a son. And so the son gave his life, and all we have to do is receive his gift. So Christianity stands alone on this one aspect. It's not about what you do. It's not about, like, the works that you do. Jesus isn't asking you to do. He's asking you to come. He's asking you to come in, receive him. And that's the unique thing about Jesus. I think there's multiple things. I could go on and on. And I apologize. I get a little preachy because I love this story. I, I hope that wasn't too preachy there. But it's not, in other religions, it's self-sacrifice that pays off our debt. And even then, if you talk to, like I've talked to many Muslims and Hindus, no one knows that they're going to get to paradise. No one knows that they're going to get to what we call heaven. Because there's no guarantee. There's no, hey, do this. But I love how the Bible says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it's just like, hey, we, when we call upon the name of the Lord, when we receive those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they are saved. It is like you are born again by this way, by believing in Jesus. It's not about our self-sacrifice. It's about God's self-sacrifice. And all we have to do is receive that gift. And I apologize if, I'm, if that's confusing. I, I, again, I tend to get a little preachy. And so uh, help me understand if I've said something that was confusing or not. I mean, not at all for me, it's, I, you know, I was able to follow and then I, yeah, I do understand Cool. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really do believe this. Like I, I, if I was just to just, okay, remove the theology away, because that's, that's the theological point I can make. Um, for me, one of the things I would say is that I, for my life, my experience with the Lord was when he became very personal, you know, I, I recognized, and I, I asked podcast that you were kind of your life, and I remember you mentioned, and help me understand if I'm quoting you incorrectly, um, that you kind of just felt like you lost a connection with the Lord, or you can, you lost that connection with Christianity. Um, is that an accurate statement? Uh, <clears throat> well, was it a was it the one that I was being interviewed, or was it the one with other? other guests yeah you were being interviewed at the time oh okay okay that one I think okay. um yeah. mm, I, I, okay I, I will say you know I'm always open up to you know you know discover and then you know try things out but I would just say along the way that I try to find who he is. Um, yeah. It just ended up, I don't agree on that theology. It just that, you know, and then, yeah, that's. So if you don't mind me asking, what was it, what is it about the theology that you don't agree with? Because I think all, all religions actually do have an inclusivity to it. Even Buddha, when he, he was actually born in a Hindu family, and because he disagreed with two of the main tenets of Hinduism, he started, you know, he kind of went on his own path and developed 
um, the Eightfold, you know, uh, what is it called? I'm sorry, the Eightfold Path. And uh, that's how Buddhism uh, was formed. But uh, so there is some inclusivity to most religions. So if you don't mind me asking about Christianity, what is the, um, the issue of theology that you have? And again, I'm not going to, I don't know if I could respond to it, but I, I would love to hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, this will take, um, I, I would just say there's not just a single thing. It, it's, you know, a couple things add up. Um, I, I, I have a, you know, I have a hard time to understand that, you know, people telling me that, you know, you're sinful, that's one, or, you know, like that God created everything, that's the other one. And then, yeah, I would, I'm, I cannot think of, you know, other stuff for now, but I will say the biggest one I do struggle is that, you know, people say I'm sinful from the mm. beginning, like, you know, since I was born. I do have it, yeah. you know, I, yeah, with that concept, it's quite, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, I don't know for a time restraint, by the way, Janelle, you, can I, can I respond to oh, that? Oh, please, please respond. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm loving okay. that you're engaging her in conversation because she usually gets by with just a couple questions and then that's it. Yeah. Hey, I don't, I don't blame you, Ruby. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I could be like that at yeah. times and I'm just like, Hey, you know, like I don't, sometimes I don't want to say more than I have to. So, you know, I'm a man of, I like to keep my words short. It probably doesn't seem like that right now, but um, at times I like to just be short and succinct and then move on. Um, so, no, I, I totally get the aspect of like, hey, like recognizing that we're all uh, sinful, you know, or sinners um, born into sin. Let's just say like that. And uh, in Christianity, like we all, it's just the Bible says that, you know, we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. Uh, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Um, uh, let me give you an example of this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the Ten Commandments, correct? Okay, maybe you're not. Okay, like I, when I grew up, we had, had this movie called The Ten Commandments, and it was like, you know, in the Bible, Moses uh, goes on a mountain, and God uh, meets him there, and, you know, he's already had this relationship with God, and he says, Lord, like, I need to lead your people, you know, what do we do, and God gives them the Ten Commandments, I'm paraphrasing this really short, so God gives them Ten Commandments, these are the Ten, the Ten basic stuff, I mean, he goes into some stuff later, but these are the Ten, and let me just go over the Ten, because I think these are like good things to live by, right? Thou shalt not kill. It's like, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt no other gods before me. And you know, there's more. So if we took a few of these commandments, I'll, and I'll go for one. Um, thou shalt not kill. Okay, I've never killed anyone, right? Jesus goes on to say, hey, if, you've, if you had anger in your heart towards someone, you know, it's like you've killed them inside. Like it's, it's, it's like, unto anger, it's like to murder. Um, if you've, Jesus said this, if you lust, you know, if you lustfully look at a woman in your, with your eyes or in your heart, you've committed adultery in your heart. So Jesus kind of gives the standard of like, Hey, like the commandments say this, but this, I'm going to put myself on the, on the altar of expose. I've never killed anyone, but I've definitely been angry at someone. I've, I'm sure I've, you know, said a few choice words in the tra in traffic in the wrong time. By God's definition, that's like murder in my heart. Um, I've stolen music online, you know, when I when during the time of Napster, you know, things like that. Um, that Bible, one of the commandments is, "Thou shalt not steal." Okay, you know, I've probably used a coupon more than once when it says you only use one. Like it's a gray area. But like by the true standard, maybe that would be considered it. That's two. Um, the lust aspect, if you look woman lust within your heart, you've committed adultery already, Jesus said. Okay, I've done that before. So we've only gone through three of 10 commandments. Honor your father and mother. I'm, you know, there's times that I have not done that. So only we've already gone through four commandments and I violated all of them. I'm not saying you violated all of them, but I'm sure if you look through some of these, you could say by Jesus' standard, and this is by God's standard. I'm not saying human standards. By God's glorious standard, God's a perfect judge. 
I think the, if we look through these Ten Commandments, all of us would be found guilty of at least one, if not two, three, four, we could go down the road. I would say, like, Ruby, would you say, like, if you look through just those four, at some point, maybe you've, you've broken something of one of those commandments? I know I'm asking a very, um, how's the word? Uh, maybe an uncomfortable question. I apologize. So you're nodding your head. So you're like, yeah. No, not at all, not at all. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so, so think about this. This is not, again, human standards, right? This is God's standard for living. God's holy, he's perfect, and he's a righteous, perfect judge. And if, let's just say, the, this judge is standing before you, or standing before me, David, you've done this wrong, and you owe me $8 billion to pay your fine. And I'm like, I don't have $8 billion. Like, I only have like, 20 bucks or whatever, you know, like whatever I have, I have more than $20, but you know, I'm, this is all I have. I cannot pay my own debt. I cannot, like as much as I work as hard as I can, I don't think I can truly come up with $8 billion. But then there's someone in the courtroom that hears my case and says, you know what? I think that David guy, I like him. I'm going to pay your $8 billion for you. Judge, if I pay his $8 billion, will, will he be set free? He goes, yes. I will, you will be set free if the price is paid for. I couldn't pay my own fee. But there was someone in the courtroom, and I'm going to, paraphr- I'm going to kind of use this analogy. Jesus saw your fee, saw that you couldn't pay it, and he makes a payment. And he's literally, all you have to do is receive that payment for yourself. I, I think that's how salvation and the gift of grace works is that we couldn't pay our own debt. We couldn't like, according to the Bible. And it is, you know, according to what we believe as Christians is that all have sinned before God. And again, just by these 10 standards alone, just by these 10 commandments, we've all sinned. And so what do, and sin demands a price that we, so we could be forgiven from those sins. I hope that explains some of that. And let me know if you have any questions. Um, I don't have any questions right now, but it's I, I love the analogy that you, you you gave. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's I like it. Cool, <laughs> cool, and chew on it. I mean, I, I know it's something like fresh and or not fresh, but like it may. I don't know if you've heard that before, but you know, let that sit in. You know. Ruby, what was the other thing you said? You said one was the sin nature. What was the other thing? Well, I think it's God who created the, the whole world, like everything. He's a creator. That's the other thing. So, so what do you believe in regards to that? <clears throat> I am not a total like you know you know scientific believer you know i know some people are because there 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 do things that science still cannot explain until now but i do believe in evolution i think that's i think i i, I strong i you know i strongly believe in that so, yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'll say this because I've heard some great people who really dissect that. Um, And so I'm not going to approach uh, the aspect of um, evolution and such. I do believe that um, that God did create the heaven and the earth. Uh, Like for me, uh, when I look at a building, I I look at that and say, okay, you know, that building didn't just show up. Um, It wasn't just here by chance or it eventually formed there was a there was a designer there was an architect that built this building you know there was there was thought behind it and that's kind of how i think about creation and if you get if you get a chance to read it it's isaiah 40 verse 22 and it talks about uh i think it's 40 22 that he sits enthroned on the circle above the circle of the earth and it's funny because at that time, I think a lot of people were under the concept that the earth was flat. And so like in the Bible, it talks about a round earth. 
while it was commonly scientifically thought that the earth was flat. And so, uh, and I, it's so unique how scripture um, just speaks into things before even, you know, even the elements and such before science caught on to it. So uh, I, I do believe that even in the creation, the earth can be discovered through, uh, through Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But, um, but I, I, as far as the evolution question, I know that's a lot deeper. Um, but again, my thought is how I've always viewed it. Um, and I get the evolution understanding, but I've always viewed that it, for a building, for example, there's always an architect behind the building. There's always some sort of intentional design before something was created. Um, the fact that, that your eyes have are with, made with such intricacy, um, I don't know, it's, it's a funny thing, but I get, I understand your, your, your um, how would I say, like that being a hurdle um, for you interesting um just the other day we, we picked up this book um a few months ago at church it's called like uh, essays on the evidence of god or something but anyway just the other day we were reading one of the essays and it was about the eyes and um the argument was that charles darwin he couldn't account for the human eye uh, he couldn't account for the way the eyes are created and that um, there's actually no evolutionary reasoning behind why we have eyes as complicated, as detailed as we do. And it was this great, it, I'll send it to you, Ruby. It was so good. I'll link it in the show notes. But um, it was interesting that you mentioned that. And, and obviously, people can spend years and years and years studying those kind of things. But um, yeah. Ruby, uh, what do you think? You got any final thoughts before we wrap up here with David? David, this has been great. Thank you for sharing and uh, just, you know, sharing your passion. Yeah. We, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to hear any thoughts that Ruby has. And I'd love to pray with you, Ruby, if that's okay. If we can do that here, I think that would be awesome. I have final thoughts. I don't know. Mm, not really no sure yeah sure let me think no not yet what do, yeah. do you want to ask him the final question and then we'll we'll let him pray for you oh okay do you mind sending it to me you've I done know. it like 10 times so i can <laughs> i know but i Finding something real podcast is about da da da, but I don't. I still, yeah. I need. I need a script. Um, <laughs> thank you. The finding something real podcast is about a journey towards restorations, eternity, authenticity, and love of those four oh, of those gifts that some people believe if we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, which stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? It's a great question. Um, I think what stands out to me most in my life right now um, is love. I think I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm just blown away by Jesus. You know, I'm blown away that he doesn't, he doesn't treat me as my sins deserve. He doesn't treat me based on like all my good days or my bad days and judge me in my bad days and tell me like, you're terrible. You know, uh, he loves me the way I am and he's working in my heart and he's working in my life and he's not done with me. He, he doesn't just give up and say, you know what? Like, you should have figured this out. You should have gotten mad at this person. Like he's still working in my heart. And for that, I'm, I'm really thankful. And I, I'm still blown away by it. Like I'm amazed by it. So. Well, David, thank you so much. And if people want to hear more about you and your ministry, where can they find you? Yeah, they can go to my website, reviveyourworld.org. That's reviveyourworld.org. Okay, great. Well, thank you to Ruby and to David. Um, until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. 
Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.